Uh, today, we're going to change things up and do things a little bit different. Does that sound all right with all of you? <laughs> Some of you are like, eh, but it is happening regardless, okay? <laughs> I guess you're wondering. And no, I'm not going to make you stand up and meet new people all around you and spend five minutes talking. Right? No, no. Uh, today, what we want to do actually for the close of our series on belonging, that today is actually the last Sunday in the series on belonging where we've looked at the importance of belonging to God, on belonging to a purpose, on belonging to a people, how to do that practically, and belonging to the land. And so today, to actually close all of that together, we want to do three different things here this morning. We want to have an experience of belonging here together, and that can happen through worship, but we can also experience belonging in and through communion, which we're going to participate in in just a moment. So you're going to have an experience of belonging. Then we want to share with you a few stories of belonging. And then lastly, I want to share with you today and teach and just give a small devotional on the importance of creating reminders of belonging. So today we're going to have an experience, a story, and then reminders of belonging. And so to begin with, we actually want to come and to participate in communion. Because what we believe is that at communion, there is the promise that whether or not this week has been good for you, that whether or not you're feeling close to God or far from God, that wherever you might be at here today, that when we come to communion, Jesus Christ promises to meet with us here. Amen? He does. He meet, promises to meet with us here. So we want to have this as an experience of belonging for each of us where we are reminded as we receive from the table that we belong to Christ and that there is no condemnation when we belong to him. And that when we belong to him, this is really the beginning of us experiencing belonging in the world. So we're going to participate in communion here together to really continue on in our services and to have an experience of belonging. So I'm going to invite our servers forward to the tables. And as they come uh, forward, you'll notice there are three here at the front. There are two at the back. And there will also be servers. If you are uh, needing someone to bring you communion, they would be more than willing to do that. You can raise a hand and people would come to you. Uh, so today, as they come forward, I want to read to you a traditional opening to communion. Reread this. That this is the table, not of the church, but of Jesus Christ. It is made ready for those who love God and those who want to love God more. So come, you who have much faith. Also come, you who have little, come, you who have been here often, and you who have not been here a long time or even ever before. Come, all of us who have tried to follow, follow and all of us who have failed. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Come, not because the church invites you. Come, not because I invite you. Come, because it is Christ who invites you to be known and fed here and to experience belonging with him in this moment and in this practice and in this receiving. And on the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread. And when he had thanked God for it, he broke it into pieces. And he gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this wine is the token of God's new covenant to save you. A covenant of belonging, a covenant of connection. He says, an agreement sealed with the blood that I will pour out for you. That communion is a moment of belonging and connection with Christ. And it is open to all who want to experience him today. So as we sing this next song, I want to invite you, when you're ready, to come forward and to receive from Christ and to experience belonging with him here today. And so with that, would you join with me in prayer here this morning? God, as we come towards communion, as we come towards this practice, God, first of all, we recognize that your spirit is already in this place, that you are already with us, that you have already taken those steps towards us. I pray we might respond by taking a step towards you and receiving this gift and this grace that is communion, the Eucharist and the Lord's Supper. And as we receive, might we be filled with a sense of belonging to you and know your love, your hope, your grace, your mercy, and your salvation. 
might we know you deeper and truer in this moment. And I pray this all in the wonderful name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. So I want to invite you to stand if you are able as we sing this next song. And whenever you would so like to come forward and receive communion, either here at the front or at the back, and to experience belonging with Christ together.
and resurrection has truly made us friends and that we might know your connection that we might know your love that we might know your grace and know your belonging and we are grateful for you today lord and we pray this all in the wonderful name of god the father son and holy spirit amen and amen you may be seated here this morning and so as i shared with you Today we are doing something a little bit different. We have an experience of belonging in and through communion. And today we also want to share with you a story of belonging. Because I'm not sure if you realize this, but I know I'm biased towards this church. Um, which is probably right for the pastor to be biased towards the church that they're a part of. But our church does amazing, amazing, amazing things. I don't know if you know this, but since the 70s, we've actually been sponsoring families and refugees and bringing them over to Canada and journeying with them. Did you know that we've been doing that for almost like 40 plus years? Is that not kind of amazing? Is that not good news and a good thing to be a part of? And so earlier this year, we had sponsored a family and we've um, introduced them previously, but today we wanna to invite actually for you to hear a story of belonging from Isaac, uh, one of those individuals. And so he's gonna be sharing on a video in just a few moments with Joyce, who is also a part of the committee that helps uh, with newcomers to Canada. So I wanna invite you to hear his story of belonging and to hear some of his journey here today.
My name is Isaac Gondamori. Uh, I come from South Sudan, Africa. And a little bit about myself. Uh, I come to Canada because of war. The war broke out first in 2013 in some parts of, of the country. By December 2016, they were extended to our areas of residence. It was so scary. And worst of it, because the army forces were targeting people of my age to be recruited forcefully to the, um, to the army to fight in the war front. So I had no objective than to run for my safety. How old were you when this was happening? By the year 2016, I was 16 years. So 16 years and they would have forced you to be in the army? Yeah. Can you briefly share with us what life was like in the refugee camp in northern Uganda? It was really so hard. In, let me say, in terms of food, they mostly give like uh, the resumes for a whole month, but it wasn't enough. In most cases, we go hungry and only eat once a day. We came to the camp with all my family, and still in the camp, life is at risk, because after this extent that I came to Canada, we've lost many friends and family in terms of unknown gunmen killing people at night and cases of people being tortured at any time in the camp, you know. Who came with you to Canada? Uh, I journeyed to Canada with my cousin, Sylvia Lauder John. And then after, after a while of being together, we were joined by my other cousin, Francis Lemmy, who came with his wife and the three kids, uh, Kako, Joanne and Sukia. So we are now currently living together. So has there been something that's been really unusual or surprising for you in coming to Canada? Yeah, when I came here in February, uh, first of all, the most unusual thing for me was the snow and the cold here. We never used to be only two in the house. It was very unusual for me. We used to live with all my family, my brothers, my sisters. So we had to spend the night only two of us. So it was so quiet everywhere. That must I, have been I, I felt so lonely that day. So Isaac, what are you doing right now with your time? Uh, right now, uh, I have a training program for construction in Wayland with, the, with uh, Niagara Peninsula Homes. I'm doing that construction training and at night time, I have an e-learning program for my credit courses too. So I, I also do in, uh, mathematics and literature after I get home from my training, so. Lots yeah. of school right Lots now. Lots of school, yeah, school to school, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know you still have some family um, in the refugee camp in northern Uganda. How can we be praying for them? I would like the, the members of Brittany to keep praying for peace in our country so that our people in the camp can go back home. So they can return home? Yeah. So Isaac, how can we be praying for you and your family here in the coming months? You can pray for our success in all the struggles we are doing now because we are not yet stable at the moment. So if the members of the church could pray for our success in all that we do so that to, to some year in some times to come we also be like 
some people. So Isaac, is there anything you can think of that our Bethany community, our church, could do or say um, even on a Sunday morning to make you or other newcomers, maybe not newcomers to Canada, newcomers to church, to feel more welcome? Uh, first of all, welcoming makes the guests like feel more care, caring, cared for, and more appreciated to be in the place. So just like the warm welcome and smiley faces you saw us during our arrival to Canada, we, we feel so glad and loved for your welcome. So it, it created a first great impression for us to develop a, a positive culture to start our life in Canada. Like, so I, I really love when people come and say hi to me in the church. So. That's why I'm And I hope you kind of heard in this story that in some ways creating belonging isn't always necessarily incredibly difficult. It can simply be seeing someone and saying hi to them and approaching them and being with them. And we are so grateful to have Isaac and his family a part of our church and a part of our Bethany family here. So I actually wanna invite Isaac and his family onto the stage um, and we're gonna pray with Isaac and then Isaac is also gonna pray with us. So we're gonna give them a huge warm round of applause as they come forward. Yeah. So uh, this is Isaac, this is Savior, this is Vivian and Francis. And uh, can you all smile and say hi to them? Can we do that? Yeah. Uh, I know many of you have met them over the last few months, but we just really want to share some of this, their story here today because I think it's an important story to share. And so I'm going to pray for Isaac and his family, and then we're going to be blessed to have Isaac uh, pray for us. So let's pray. God, we are grateful, uh, grateful for you moving in our lives. And we ask, Lord, for those requests that Isaac shared in the video. We pray for peace in Uganda. We pray for protection and safety for his family and friends so that they might be able to go home. God, we pray for their success and their future as they continue to journey here in Canada. We pray, would doors be open? Would your favor and your blessing be upon them? And God, we pray, would you continue to lead and to guide them in all areas? And we are so grateful that they are a part of our family here at Bethany. And we pray this all in your name. Amen. Yeah. And Isaac, would you pray for us? Let's pray. Thank you, Almighty Father, for this beautiful day today. It feels so good when we meet together as one family, worshiping your word and love. Father, I raise up my voice to thank you for all your continued efforts to see that we succeed in all our struggles. However, to some extent, we know we have, got, we have fallen short of your glorious standard and ask for your forgiveness. Forgive us for all the wrong things that we have done and give us your blessings, God. Up to this extent, we have come a long way. We already know our past and the present, but we don't know what, the, what tomorrow and the future will bring for us. May you be our director and protector in all our footsteps and hear the cry of all your people those who are sick, crying for recovery. Those in schools, praying for their success. Father, may you be on their way. I thank you for this day today and bless us in all that we do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
Can we all say amen to that and agree with that? Amen. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So be sure to, see, to say hello as you see them around our church in the foyer and with uh, uh, Vivian and Francis's three kids who are, uh, who are around and running around and all that, the same way my kids do, and that's a, that's a good thing. And so today, to close off, I do want to offer a few just kind of short thoughts, maybe more of a devotional on belonging to actually kind of close off our series here today. Because as I shared throughout this series, I think belonging is something that is not only crucial to find in our world, you know, spaces where we are known, loved, and accepted, but it's also really hard to find. It's also hard to maintain, and it's easy and quick to lose. And so today, to close all of this kind of together, I want to take a look at one verse that actually gives us some practical things that we can do to ensure that we continue in belonging, to ensure that we continue to have that sense of belonging in our lives. And not surprisingly, belonging, as I shared with you the first week, it begins with experiencing belonging with God. That once we know that we belong to him, that's when we can find belonging in other spaces, places, and with people. So if you have your Bibles here today, I want to invite you to open them up uh, to Isaiah 44. Likely to a verse you maybe haven't paid attention to before. And Isaiah, if you don't know the book of Isaiah, it's really kind of subdivided into a number of different sections. There's one section that is quite a bit more harsh and judgmental. And then there's a second section where the tone changes and it turns to more hope and to promise and to the fulfillment of what God's doing. And that's what we'll be taking a look at here today. I want to take a look at Isaiah 44. I want to read it and then we're going to kind of work through some of it. I just want to offer a few thoughts and some practical applications for how we might be able to maintain and continue and to grow in our belonging with Christ. We read this. But now, listen to me, Jacob, my servant, Israel, my chosen one. The Lord who made you and helps you. Isn't that a good verse? The Lord who made you and helps you. I believe that's true for all of you today, right? That God made you and that he is here to help and to be with you. The Lord who made you and helps you says, do not be afraid, O Jacob, my servant, O dear Israel, my chosen one, for I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields, and I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children, and they will thrive like water grass, like willows on a riverbank. Like, you don't need multiple degrees in the Bible to get that this is a hopeful passage, amen? It's a hopeful passage. It is about what God is going to do, that God gives these words to people who are in exile, to people who are burdened, to people who are hurting, to people who aren't sure that the future is going to be any good at all. I don't know if you've ever been in a space like that. I don't know if maybe even this week you've felt that. You've just felt like things are hopeless, like things aren't going forward for you, and you've wondered where God is. It's into a space like that that God speaks these promises. These promises that are like so hopeful and life-giving. Listen to some of the things he says. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm here to help you, my chosen one. He says, I will pour out my water. I will pour out my spirit. But notice how deep the movement of God is. Right? He says, I will pour out my spirit on your children and descendants, that the blessing receive, that we receive, it is not just for us, but also those who will come after us. It's that deep and transformative and lasting and longing, that God says these are the kinds of things that he's going to do. And here's what we believe here at Bethany, okay? Here's what we theologically believe. We believe that God is active in every single person's life, amen? And you say amen to that, because it's true, okay? We might not always see it, we might not always feel it, we certainly might doubt it at times, but what we unquestionably believe is that God is active in every single person's life, that nobody is left out of the activity of God. And then, what God says. 
but God kind of shifts you, is the response. That once you see him or experience him moving, and I hope you have in the past six or eight weeks that we've been talking about belonging, I hope you've experienced him, whether it was in communion today, worship, whether it was standing and getting to know your neighbors a few weeks ago, whether it was in practicing hospitality or receiving a sticker that reminds you that you belong to Christ. He says that once we experience him, there is a response we should take. And this is the verse I want to focus in on, verse 5, where this passage comes to a close. There's a practical response that we can have. God says this, okay? Some will proudly claim, I belong to the Lord. Others will say, I'm a descendant of Jacob. Some will write the Lord's name on their hands and will take the name of Israel as their own. That here we really see two things that happen when God is active in people's lives. That he says that first, they will actually proclaim who they belong to. And second, they will create a reminder of that belonging. That the first thing that people do, once they experience God's movement, this is what he says. He says that people will say, they will proudly claim or proclaim or name, I belong to the Lord. Anyone want to say amen to that? Right? That I belong to God. I belong to the Lord. They will proudly proclaim that. Or it says, they'll say, I'm a descendant of Jacob, which is another way of claiming to be a part of the people of God and the movement of God. What God is saying that people's response should be is once you see him moving, once you experience some of that spirit being poured out, once you experience maybe some of that renewal and that refreshing, the first thing we need to do is to name and claim who we belong to and who actually names and claims us. That I belong to the Lord. The first response of the people is really to name who they're connected to, to name who they are a part of, that I belong to the Lord. The second thing we see is that God says that people will really create a reminder of that belonging. Listen to what it says. It says, some will write the Lord's names on their hands, and others will take the name of Israel as their own. What God says literally will happen is that people will create a reminder of that belonging, of who they actually belong to. He says that apparently some people will literally write on their arms, write on their hands that they belong to God. Or others will have a name change, right, which is a way of remembering who you belong to. And they will take the name of Israel as their own. That what God says to people who are weary, what God says to people who are in exile, what God says to people who are struggling, he reminds them that he is moving in their midst. And then he says the response should be, the response should be to actually name who you belong to and then to create a reminder of that belonging. Because this is just true. How many of you have ever had this experience? That God has moved in your life, but then you've kind of forgotten it and moved on past it. Whether it's been like one week or a month or a year, it is really easy to forget and to neglect the activity of God in our lives. Okay? It is really easy to neglect and forget the past activity of God in our lives. And here's what I believe. If we forget the past activity of God in our lives, we will often miss him in the future. Not because he isn't working, but because we're not quite looking. And so what this passage reminds us of is that we need to have reminders, reminders of who we belong to, reminders of who claims us. And that might be a strong way to put it, but it's also needed and necessary. Because here's what I want to say to each and every one of you, okay? Here's what I want to say to you, that if you know God, that you belong to the Lord, which means, which means that you do not belong to fear, which means that you do not belong to accusation, which means that you do not belong to hate or to hurt, that so often these other things in our lives claim ownership of us. But what I want to preach and teach and say boldly is that if you know Jesus Christ, you belong to him and him alone. Amen? Amen. You belong to him and him alone. Because so many other things in our lives seek to claim ownership of us. But I want to remind you today 
If you know Christ, you belong to him, which means you do not, you do not belong to condemnation, which means you do not belong to judgment, which means you do not belong to hate or to hurt or to cancer or whatever it might be that seems to own you. No, what Christ and what the Bible teaches us is that when we belong to him, we belong to him alone. But the hard thing is holding on to that in this world, that it's so easy to have us get distracted. So God says something really practical, that we need to create reminders of belonging. Write it on your hand, change your name, do something to remember who you belong to. And this is a lesson that I learned a number of years ago, in 2018 actually, that while I wasn't actually really all that familiar with this verse, I actually practiced this verse. In 2018, I was in a bit of a, I don't know, let me put it this way, like a slump of some sort. I was in a spiritually dry space. Anybody ever been in a really spiritually dry space where you're just like struggling, God doesn't seem close, and you're doubting, and it's just everything feels fragile and brittle and hard? Anybody been there other than your pastor? And I was like, okay, thank you. So I'm not like totally alone, okay? Because this, this can happen, right, to anyone. It's actually a part of sometimes the life of faith, and it's difficult. It's difficult. If you're in that space, here's what I want to share with you before we continue. If you're in that space, here's what I want to share with you. That when you're in dry, difficult spaces, it does not mean you've lost your faith or that God has lost sight of you, okay? It just might be that you're in the process of actually having it deepen and expanded, but it's hard and it's hurtful and it's long sometimes. So I was in that space wondering what to do. And I get an opportunity to go to Israel, actually. Um, somebody invites me to go on a three-week pilgrimage. And I thought this would be really healthy for my spiritual life. Um, also, they were covering the cost, so it seemed like a great idea, right? <laughs> like as soon as that was, I'm like, all right, sure, I'm in. And so I go. I go to Israel feeling really low. Just like, you know what that text says where it says that people are like parched? Like, I just felt so dry. And I'm there, and we're walking, you know, in the spaces where Jesus walked. And it's spiritually impactful, but it's, it's still pretty hard for me. But what ended up actually shifting and changing my life in a really deep way was going to some of those sites and those things, absolutely. But also what I started to do in the practice while we were there for three weeks is I would get up and I would just have coffee with Jesus by myself. And I would just sit with him. Because sometimes, honestly, that's all we need to find some renewal, some actual space and time and silence with him. Sometimes I would pray, sometimes I wouldn't. But through this, I started to feel like my soul like open up again. Or when the prophet or when God says, I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. Like, that's what it felt like in my soul, in my, my spirit, where he says, I will pour out blessings of the spirit upon you. I was feeling that. I was feeling that really deeply. And so by the end of the trip, I'm really seeing this as one of the most spiritually moving and impactful moments of my life. I'm actually baptizing people in the Jordan River. And as I'm doing this, the leader comes up to me halfway through, and he says to me, Andrew, and all that's gone on, because, you know, you're with a group of people. They kind of know where I was at. With all that's gone on, would you like to be baptized? And I'd already been baptized, but... I felt the need to actually deeply proclaim publicly to people that I am a follower of Christ and that I belong to God. So I was baptized again as a way of just loudly proclaiming and naming that I belong to God. I don't belong to anyone else. I belong to him. The second thing that I did there was I realized I needed to mark this and to create a permanent reminder for me of what God had done in my life. So I did something, and some of you know this. I shared this once before. I did something... Uh, I've never done before. I did something without Krista's permission, which is generally how our things kind of work. Okay? I got a tattoo in Israel is what I did. Yeah, yeah. That's what I did. 
Um, there in Israel, uh, there is a tattoo shop. I think it's like, I'm just going to state it's the oldest one in the world. There might be older, but it's pretty old. It's been open and running by the same family since 1300 AD. So, like, we're talking old, right? We're talking old. And in fact, what they do there is they have stamps um, like that uh, are kind of fossilized. So the stamp is over 500 years old, and they would put it on you, and then they would tattoo over that. Because that stamp was the same stamp that's been used for pilgrims for thousands, not thousands, I guess 700 years, 500 years. It's pretty incredible. So I got a tattoo on my wrist that reminds me that reminds me that I belong to Christ. That reminds me that I belong to him. That reminds me in some ways of what this verse literally says that some will write on their hands that I belong to the Lord. That what I realize is that if I want to remember, I need to create reminders of who I belong to because the world is so quick to strip that away from us, to distract us from what is already true about you. That if you know Christ, you belong to God. If you know Christ, you belong to him and to no one else. No one else gets to distract you or to actually divide you from that. And so today, to close off our series and to close off this time, I want to remind you of something that is simple, but it is true from this verse. I want to remind you, here's my main point, that we need to name our belonging and create reminders of that belonging. I think that's what we need to do. We need to name our belonging, create reminders of our belonging, that our belonging begins with God. So we need to name that. But then we also need to remind ourselves of that because it's so easy to forget it. And the only way we are ever going to continue to find belonging in our world is when we remain grounded and centered and connected to Christ. And so today, practically, I want to invite you to do two things. Okay, I want to invite you to do two things out of this kind of sermon to close things off. The first is, in just a moment, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to invite you just to maybe softly, maybe loudly, maybe like shouty and really boldly, I want to invite you to just proclaim who you belong to and to actually just repeat that verse with me from Isaiah where it says, I belong to the Lord. So in just a few moments, I'm going to invite you to stand and to just say that truthful thing, I belong to the Lord, three times. Okay? And if you say it, you might be saying it with full confidence. You also might be saying it with doubt. Both of those are okay. But I hope that in saying it, what it might do is remind you of who you belong to and that nobody else gets to claim you as theirs. And so today, if you're struggling with fear, anxiety, a lack of hope, whatever it might be, to remember that those things do not own and claim you. You belong to the Lord. Second thing I'm going to invite you to do, second thing I'm going to invite you to do, is we're all going to get tattoos here today. Okay, that's what we're doing. Okay, that's what <laughs> we're not. But in all honesty, we asked like three tattoo artists to be serious. Um, so some of you are like, ooh, what are we doing? Okay. What I do want to invite you to do is to create a reminder of your belonging. And practically, like that can look like a tattoo. That is one really specific way for it to look like, right? But also, I guess, according to the text, you could also get a name change. That's also a way that it could be. But I think also some of the ways that it can look like in our lives are simple things. What if you have a reminder that goes off in your phone that you belong to Christ once a day? To remind you of what is already true about us that we are so quick to forget. What if you just print off that verse, I belong to God, and put it on like your fridge, put it on your car, put it in your workspace to remind yourself of what is true about you, right? So that we don't get distracted from what is already accurate about who you are. Another thing you could do is really simple, is honestly a great way to start every day is to actually just repeat that verse, I belong to God, I belong to the Lord, to let those things ground us and center us. What I'm seeking to just invite you into is something simple and is true. It's that if we are going to maintain that sense of belonging with Christ, 
If you're going to actually continue to work within that, what we need to do is to name who we belong to and create reminders of that belonging so that we don't forget what he has done for us. And so practically what I'm going to invite you to do here today is something that is a little bit different, but it seems really quite appropriate in a sermon where the verse literally says that one will write on their hand God's property. That's a messages version of it. Or it says, uh, I write, I belong to the Lord. I'm going to invite you to do um, is we're going to pray and then we'll share proclaiming that we belong to Christ. But if you'd like today just a little stamp on your wrist as a reminder of who you belong to, we're going to have three stations up here and two stations at the back where you can come and you can just receive that as a way of just practically being a small reminder of who you belong to. So you'll notice there's either you can get the, the sun that was from, anyone remember where we first showed that? The sticker at the very beginning of the series. So you can get that or you can get uh, WBTC, which is an acronym for We Belong to Christ. That's what it is. We Belong to Christ. I asked our graphic-y people. That's the term for it. They said acronyms are cool again. I disagreed, but we're going with it. It's fine. <laughs> and then I literally saw at Starbucks that they don't say pumpkin spice latte. They just say PSL now. And I'm like, well, I guess they're correct. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, and in case you're wondering, I think pumpkin should not be in coffee. It should be in pumpkin pie. That's what I think. That's my hot take for today. Okay? So there we go for that. That's what I think about this. But here's the thing, whether you agree with that or not, you belong here. That's what we'll say, okay? You belong here. You belong here. So what does this mean for us all today? Well, today what I really want to remind you of is that you belong to Christ. You belong to him. You belong to him. Don't let anything shake you from that truth. You belong to him. So what is my challenge? My challenge is for us to name who we belong to. And then would you create a reminder of that belonging? Whether it's a reminder in your phone that goes off, whether it's coming forward as we sing the next two songs and just receiving a small stamp as a reminder that you belong to Christ. I think that we need to be grounded in what is true about you and true about me. It's that Christ matters for each and every one of us. And that when we belong to him, we don't belong to anyone else. And so today, today what I want to invite you to do is to boldly proclaim who you belong to and to create a reminder of that. And maybe that way you'll do that is by taking, coming forward and to receive just a small stamp to actually put that verse into practice. And so with that, would you join with me in prayer here this morning? God, I pray. I pray for each and every one of us, whether we've had a good week or it's been a difficult week, whether we are feeling full or just empty. I pray, Lord, as we come into this moment, as we come into this time, might we continue to be filled with your spirit. God, I pray if there are people here today whose, honestly, their hearts and their souls seem so fragile, so dry, so parched, that you would pour out your spirit, your blessing, your life, your love, your mercy upon us, and that that might spread to descendants and descendants and descendants. God, might we never doubt that we belong with you and that you, God, have chosen us, that we might follow you. And so today, God, I pray as we come into this, might we boldly proclaim who we belong to and create reminders of that belonging. And I pray this all in the wonderful name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. So I'm going to invite our people who are doing stamps to come forward. And while they come forward, I want to invite you to stand with me and to proclaim boldly or softly, however you might see, this verse where it says, I belong to God. So would you stand with me? And we're just going to say this three times here together. Okay? Would you name this along with me? I belong to the Lord. I belong to the Lord. I belong to the Lord. Might you live that, might you know that, might that go down deep into your soul and your spirit. And then today as we sing these next two songs, might we continue to worship Jesus. And if you'd like a reminder of that, feel free to come forward at any time. 
grace and peace. So with his breath inside our lungs now and forever we will sing. Your love unites us, your love unites us, Lord. Oh, can separate us from 
Amen. For our closing benediction here today, I simply want to read to you the words that I've already kind of shared with you. Where in Isaiah 44, we read this. But now listen to me, my chosen one. The Lord has made you and helps you and says this. My chosen one, do not fear, do not be afraid. For I will give you abundant water to quench your thirst and to moisten your parched fields. I will pour out my spirit and my blessings on you and your children. They will thrive like water grass, like willows on a riverbank. Some will proudly proclaim, I belong to the Lord. And some will write the Lord's names on their hands and take the honored name of Israel as their own. So might you know that you belong with Christ and that he loves you and you're accepted by him. As always, if you have any need whatsoever, there are people in our prayer room off to my left to be more than willing to pray with you and to meet with you. Other than that, if you want to give, you can go to our big green give wall. Or if you'd like to get connected if it's your first time, you can go talk to the Welcome Center and anybody in kind of a blue t-shirt. But then we hope to see you back here next week as we kind of move forward in a new series in a new way. And as always, grace and peace. Bye-bye, everyone. We'll see you all next week.